Have you ever tried learning something new and completely failed? Uh, Susie and I tried making tamales for the first time, and uh, if I'm honest, it was a complete failure. Let me tell you what happened. So uh, about a month ago, we went to the store, and we found this big five-pound bag of masa. And if you don't know what masa is, it's a corn or maize dough that you can use to make uh, corn tortillas, tamales, gorditas, pupusas, and so many other Latin American dishes. And masa is pretty versatile. It's just a matter of how you prepare the dough. So we called my mom and we asked her for the recipe and we bought all the ingredients. We even bought this special steamer uh, to make tamales and we went home and we gave it a try. And so, uh, you know, the process is uh, we, we rinsed the lard for 30 minutes and then we blended that with the masa and salt until it had a special consistency. And we soaked the corn husks and uh, when they were wet, we, we spread masa on each of them and we filled them with cheese and jalapenos and uh, we put them in the steamers. And, you know, after about three hours of work, we had uh, 20 tamales in the steamer. And so uh, the, the instructions were in 45 to 60 minutes later, we're supposed to check them and they're supposed to be cooked. But when we checked an hour later, they looked raw. And after two hours, they still looked raw. And after three hours, we decided we just need to open one up and see what's happening here because uh, they still looked raw. So uh, when we opened it, there was literally no masa inside the husks. I mean, it was as if it had all just seeped through or evaporated somewhere. And uh, there wasn't even much cheese left because after three hours of steaming, the cheese kind of all evaporated out. The only thing really left inside of them was a jalapeno's. Apparently, we used the wrong masa, and uh, that's why it seeped through. The masa we had was for tortillas and not for tamales. So a couple of weeks later, we went back to the store, and we tried with a different masa. And, and uh, this time, some of the steps were easier. Some of them were a little bit more difficult. But after five hours of prep and cooking, we had 22 tamales in the steamer, and they actually cooked right. Now, I'll be honest, they weren't perfect. The masa didn't taste quite right. Uh, I think we didn't use enough salt, but at least the masa was actually right and it cooked this time. We had improved from our previous time. Now, we haven't tried a third time, but my guess is that with every time we try making more tamales, it'll become easier. It'll become a little more natural and hopefully they will taste better and better and better each time. You see, I think the same is true about giving to God's mission through the church. Beginning that process is difficult. It's not something we can just wake up one day and out of the blue say, let's do it, let's give. The reality is that giving through God, uh, to God's mission through the church is a lifelong practice that it will be full of setbacks and growth. It'll be full of uh, doubt and affirmation. It'll be full of seasons when we hold tight to everything we have and others when we give freely. But here's the thing, the more we practice generosity, the more it becomes a natural part of who we are. For the last four weeks, we have been talking about what happens when we give. And we've talked about uh, how when we give, we reflect the character of God. When we give, we see God change the world with our gifts. And when we give, we become active participants in God's mission. All of that is true. But I don't want you to walk away from this series thinking that you have to get it right from the very beginning. I don't want you to walk away from the series thinking that you either give a full tithe, a full 10%, or you're not really supporting God's mission. Here's the thing. I want you to walk away from this series taking your first step in giving to God's mission through the church. Whatever that first step may be, I want you to take the first step 
And then from there, I want you to trust God that he can help you grow more and more every single day. And there's a scripture story that uh, tells us a little bit about that in the Gospel of Luke chapter 10. And I want to read this to you. It's about a lawyer who uh, asked Jesus a question. And it says this, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. So likewise, a Levite, when he came to that place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, while traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, having poured oil and wine on them. Then he put him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper, and said, Take care of him, and when I come back, I will repay you whatever more you spend. Then Jesus says, which, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The lawyer said, the one who showed him mercy. Jesus said, go and do likewise. Now, we normally refer to this story when we're talking about caring for one another, right? Caring for our neighbor. But I want you to notice that giving to God's mission is also a part of this story. We're told that when the Samaritan found him, he is moved with pity and bandages his wounds. But did you catch the part where the Samaritan takes this man to an inn to care for him? And then the next day, he not only gives the innkeeper money, he tells us, uh, the Samaritan tells the innkeeper to spend whatever amount of money is necessary uh, to care for this man. And he promises that when he comes back, he will repay the innkeeper any extra expenses. It's such a powerful story. I love this story. But, but here's the thing. I don't want to put all of our attention on the Samaritan and how he is willing to give uh, to care for this man. I don't want to focus on how he uh, gives to God's mission. Here's what I want you to listen uh, even more than everything else in this story. As Jesus wraps up his story, he looks at the lawyer and says, Which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell to the hands of robbers? And the lawyer says, The Samaritan. And then listen to this answer. Jesus says, go and do likewise. See, Jesus doesn't look at this lawyer and say, that Levite and that priest, they're bad people. Avoid being like them. Jesus doesn't even say to the lawyer, you are a bad person because you have been like the priest and the Levite, right? Instead, Jesus says four simple words to this lawyer. Go and do likewise. Go and practice what you have learned. Go and give it a try and see if anything changes within you. You see, this lawyer had received a lesson about what it meant to give to God's mission. And now he was being invited to go and put it into practice. And I have to tell you, I truly believe that if this lawyer eventually came back to Jesus and said, Look, Jesus, I tried. Here's what I've learned. Now what? I think Jesus would have given him another lesson. And once again, Jesus would have said to him, go and do likewise. Go and do as you have learned. You see, I think this is how we're called uh, to live uh, as we learn to give to God's mission through the church. We're called to learn and to then put it into practice. And then we're called to learn some more and then put that into practice. Friends, giving to God's mission through the church is a lifelong practice, one that we will learn at more and more every single day. And when we've learned it, we're going to have to learn even more. And eventually, it'll become somewhat second nature. And I believe that the only thing that God asks of us as we wrestle with giving is to have a heart that is willing to learn and to grow 
so that we can then go and do as we have learned. Friends, these past four weeks, we have learned, we have grown, we have been challenged, and we have wrestled with what it means to give to God's mission through the church. And starting today, we will together put that learning into practice. Last week, you may have received an estimate of giving card like this one. And um, I want to encourage you to grab it at this time. And you can also get an electronic version of this by texting the word estimate, E-S-T-I-M-A-T-E, one word to 225-307-0662. And look, the time has arrived for each of us to take what we have learned and to put that into practice. If you're visiting with us today, we're not asking you to do anything except uh, to pray. Uh, we ask for your prayers. And if you feel led to participate with us, I want to thank you for that. Otherwise, just enjoy this time of worship with us. If you're a part of our church family, it all comes down to this one question. Are we willing to be a part of God's mission through Mid-City Church? Remember, friends, when we give, we reflect the character of God. When we give, we see Jesus change the world with our gifts. When we give, we become active participants in God's mission. And today, we get the opportunity to not just know these things, but to begin the lifelong journey of putting them into practice. So here's how it's going to work. In a couple of moments, Jason is going to lead us in song. And as he does, uh, first, I want to invite you to spend some time in prayer. Pray over your, your, uh, your giving this next year. And then I want to encourage you to fill out the Testament of Giving card, whether it's this physical card or an electronic version. I want you to, to spend some time filling it out. And, and look, if you're not ready to fill it out today, it's okay. I want you to take this card, and I want you to write on here, I'm still praying about it, and then put it in your Bible, put it in your purse or your wallet, wherever you can see it, and I want to encourage you to keep praying about it, and when you're ready, fill it out. If you're in a small group, uh, you're going to have some time in your small groups this week to continue this conversation, and you'll have some time there to fill it out as well. So if you're not ready yet, uh, you can also spend some time with your small groups this week uh, going deeper into this. Friends, God has invited us to be a part of what he is doing here at Mid-City Church. We've spent the last couple of weeks learning and growing in our understanding about what happens when we give. Now, it's time to go and do likewise. Will you join me in this prayer as we enter into our time of, of prayer and um, of filling out this time? Let us pray. When the deceitfulness of wealth makes us long for more, O oh God of abundance, we put our trust in your generosity. When we hold back our gifts full of fear for tomorrow, O oh God of abundance, we put our trust in your generosity. When worry sets in and we fail to turn to you, O oh God of abundance, we put our trust in your generosity. When we are tempted to love money more than we love you, O oh God of abundance, we put our trust in in your generosity. O oh God of abundance, you are inviting us to be a part of what you are doing here. We know that you could do this without us, but you have invited us to participate with you. So be with us this day as we begin our lifelong journey of giving to your mission through the church. Amen. Friends, I'm praying with you and I'm praying for you as we together begin this lifelong journey of participating in God's mission through our financial gifts. Amen.